Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at thefathershouse.com. We'd love to stay connected. Now, let's go to this week's message. Well, good morning again. Thank you so much for being here. I just welcome you into this place. Those of you who are watching online, we are so excited that you were able to join us. Wish you were here in the house with us, right? Let's welcome our people that are online watching. Wish you were in the house, but so thankful that you get to watch online. Hope you'll be in the house soon. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Andrea, and I'm the worship pastor here. And uh, don't we have the most amazing worship team on the entire planet? Thank you, Jen and um, team, for, for leading us this morning. I mean, I was, when she was singing that song, and I began to really latch onto that, you know, that I, when I lift my voice and shout, every wall comes crashing down. I don't know about you, but I felt my stance getting a little wider. When I open up my mouth, miracles start breaking out, and my shoulders went back. And I just like had this stance like, yeah, you've given me the authority. And I hope that you begin to feel that as you were singing those words, that he has given you the authority to stand simply because it's interesting because we can have we have the authority to stand yet he is seated at all times isn't that awesome that he's seated because nothing moves him right well we've been in this series called doors to your destiny four weeks this is week five and um, this has been a really great series hasn't it i'm so thankful that uh the God dropped this into our pastor's heart that we would, for such a time as this, be talking about in, in, in times that are just so, you know, dark and gloomy and um, hopeless, that we have the series that, that God has given us to have hope and to dream again, you know, and to, and to reach out for the destiny that he has for us. Now, you may not have been here all four, all of the last four weeks, or maybe you haven't gone back yet online, you can go back. We archive every single um, uh, Sunday, so you can go back to thefathershouse.com and you can watch, look through the archives, and you can, you know, throughout the whole entire year, you can go back. Um, but if you haven't been able to do that yet, um, I want to just give us a quick review so that we're all in the same playing field together before we get into today's text. Um, week one, Pastor Terry taught us that every door is a decision and your destiny will be shaped by which doors you pass by and which ones you walk through. He also gave us a sort of a starting point for the journey to finding our destiny. Do you remember what he said? Back on week one, he said, and I'm going to tell you what, this could have been the only thing he said, and we would have been good for that day, but he had so much more. But the, the, the thing that he told us to do was don't go searching for your destiny, go searching for your God. That was week one. He also gave us a definition that he'd been developing for the word destiny. And let's all say this together today. Destiny is the personalized life, go- life calling God has purposed and equipped you to fulfill in order to bring him the greatest glory and achieve the greatest growth of his kingdom. Now, week two, Pastor Terry talked about fear, and um, he gave us three things to remember. God is with me. 
God keeps his promises, and God told me to do this. Uh, week three, Pastor Tim came in and he gave us a powerful word of um, that we can't get stuck in the doorway of our past poor decisions. And then last week, PT gave us a word on roadblocks, detours, and distraction distractions. And again, I want to um, highly encourage you to go back and, and look through every single one of those teachings so that you can get the most out of this series. Uh, we've also, um, Pastor gave us a theme verse for Doors to Your Destiny, and it's Revelation 3.8. He asked us to memorize it. It's really good to memorize scripture um, because it gets down on the inside of us, down deep on the inside of us. And how many of you in here have ever, you've um, you know read the same scriptures over and over again, and you didn't really think that you were the greatest um, memorizer, and all of a sudden something happened and that scripture came out? right? Yeah, because we've gotten it down the inside. We've meditated on it. We've, 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 we've chewed on it. We've, we've digested it. So um, let's say it all together. Before we do, how many of you have, have been doing good at memorizing it? There's no shame and no, no judgment if you haven't. It's okay. And um, I know those of you who watch 714 in the morning, Pastor Terry has been saying, uh, you know, that I, I'm not going to do the motions today, um, but I am going to do them tomorrow morning. So make sure that you log on to the Facebook at 714 tomorrow morning, you'll see all of the hand motions for this scripture. Maybe it will help you memorize it. So let's say it together. I see what you've done. Now see what I've done. I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. You don't have much strength. I know that. But you used what you had to keep my word. You didn't deny me when times were rough. And that's Revelation 3 and 8. Father God, thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you for waking each and every one of us up. Thank you for the beautiful day that you created for each and every one of us, the cool, crisp morning this morning. Father, the sun that came up, the beauty in all of your creation that we have the ability to see all around us. God, I pray today as we dig into your word and we dig into your truth that it would grab hold deep on the inside of us. Father, that it would change us forevermore, that we would walk in one way and that we would walk out a, a, a totally different way, completely transformed from the inside out simply because of your word. Father, don't allow me to say anything that you don't want me to say. And Holy Spirit, fill my mouth with the Father's heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to ask you a question today. And that question is, who are you? Now, when I ask that question, or maybe someone has asked you that before, maybe your first thought was, well, my name is Patty. Like, that's how I, that's how I answer that question. Who are you? Maybe... Um, Chris, you, when, when I said that you went the career route and you said, well, I'm a master of all things because you just do all kinds of things around here, <laughs> right? Or maybe you may have gone the gender route why I'm female or I'm male. But I asked you that question because your identity determines your destiny. And that's a pretty big statement. But in the life of Moses, we see that it's true. Because once Moses realized who he was, his life took on a whole new direction. Now, I don't want to assume that everyone in the room or those of you that are watching online this morning, I don't want to assume that everyone knows the full story of Moses. And I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I'm just going to give a reader's digest of who Moses was. Now, you'll find the story of Moses in the um, Old Testament. You'll find um, uh, about him and you can start in Exodus and, and read about him. But he was born in Egypt during the period in which the Israelites had become a threat to the Egyptians 
to the Egyptians simply because of their large population. So Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, orders that all the Israelite boys be drowned in the Nile. And here's where you insert the dun-dun-dun, right? Moses' mother places him in a waterproof basket and hides him among the tall grass of the Nile River to protect him. Now, one day, Pharaoh's daughter finds this baby and ends up adopting him as her own. Moses grows up in the palace and as royalty, but is so burdened by the treatment and enslavement of his people, the Israelites. He gets so angry one day that as he witnesses such abuse and takes matters into his own hands, and it's never a good thing when we take matters into our own hands, is it? And it wasn't for him either because he actually murdered an Egyptian because of it. Pharaoh finds out about this, and naturally, he wants to kill him. So Moses flees in fear to the land of Midian, and this is where the famous passage of the burning bush takes place. Now let's fast forward into the New Testament, and in Hebrews, um, what it says about who Moses was. Hebrews eleven twenty seven says, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. See, that passage says it was by faith. From the moment God first appeared to Moses at the burning bush, he consistently turned his eyes toward God. As Moses responded to God in faith, it was the Lord that developed his character as a mighty leader of his people. See, learning your true identity will do two things. It gives you the courage to let go of the past and the courage to walk into the future. Your identity gives you the courage to let go of the past and the courage to walk into the future. That passage says Moses left the land of Egypt. He had the courage to let go of his past. In the Bible, Egypt always represents slavery and bondage to something. Let me ask you another question this morning. What's your Egypt? What's enslaving you? What's controlling you? Do you have the courage to walk away from it? Well, I can tell you this, knowing your true identity will give you that courage. Facing Pharaoh and subsequent challenges in the wilderness, Moses didn't fear because at this point in his life, Moses knew and trusted God completely. He had great courage in facing seemingly insurmountable challenges. And next in the passage, it says he kept right on going. He had the courage to walk into his future, into his destiny. Knowing your identity gives you the courage to walk into your new destiny. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order or the past has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Now, it would be great if we could all just arrive at something like a Hebrews 11 passage where it's said of us that we're full of faith, fearing nothing, so determined and focused on the future out ahead of us. But this wasn't always the narrative that described Moses's life. In the journey to this Hebrews passage, I really believe began with a question. And that question was, who am I? Let me show you what I'm talking about. In Exodus 3, we see the story of the burning bush unfold where God and Moses are having a conversation, where God calls Moses. Now, Moses is walking through the desert and he sees a bush that is on fire, but it's not being consumed by the fire. 
And if that's not enough, then a voice calls out from this burning bush that's not being consumed by the fire. Pretty creepy, weird, maybe scary, but Moses apparently was so captivated by it that he had to know what, what, what's this all about, and thank goodness that he did. And um, in this passage in Exodus 3, it says, now go, and God's talking to him, now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? There's the question, who am I? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And then God answered, I will be with you. Now, I can see why Moses poses this question. I mean, he was born a Hebrew, raised Egyptian, and at the time of this passage of Scripture, he had been living in voluntary exile in the land of Midian for 40 years. I don't think he knew where he belonged, let alone who he belonged to. Why? This is Moses. Why are you coming to me, God? How in the world can I lead the charge when I have no idea who I am? And besides, here's the kicker, I'm 80 years old. Can you imagine? 80 years old. Talk about for 80 years, that would be like you never hearing from God, you don't know, you're searching for for 80 years, and then at 80, he calls you, and you go, really? 80? Like, I can barely get out of bed in the morning. What are you talking about, God? Sometimes I feel like I'm 80 when I'm getting out of, the bed in, out of the bed in the morning. But maybe that's a word for some of you today, or maybe those of you that are watching online, that as we sang this morning, if I'm not dead, you're not done. And if you have a pulse, he's not done with you. Amen? So how do you find out your true identity? Well, I think that a better question than who are you is to actually ask, whose are you? Because in order to find out who you are, you must first know whose you are. You've got to know whose you are. If I don't know who I belong to, where I originated from, if I don't know straight from the manufacturer how he created me, I will wander all my life, from thing to thing, trying to be something I'm not, or striving to do something that he never intended or even maybe gifted me to do. In this quest of finding your true identity, there's another really important question that we've got to ask ourselves. And that question is, what is my point of reference? Because if you say that this is my identity, whatever this may be, my question back to you would be, based on what? Based on what? And there's an answer to the based on what, and it's found in the beginning. And I mean, the book of Genesis, in the, God said, you know, in the beginning, beginning. We got to go all the way back to the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1:26. God is having a, commun- a, a, a conversation with, you know, it's God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God the Father says, "Let us make human beings in our image." to be like us. So you want to know who you are? Look at him. That's how you're going to find out who you are. It's interesting to me that in the passage of the encounter at the burning bush, repeatedly Moses questions who he is and whether or not he's qualified to do the job. And I would encourage you to go back in Exodus and read this whole story of, of, and let it unfold for you and, and let God speak to you through his word. But Moses questions who he is and whether or not he's qualified to do the job that God is calling him to do. 
But what's interesting to me is that God never speaks to Moses' strengths or his gifts. He doesn't try and reassure him or build him up by telling him, I've already equipped you. No, that's not what he does. What God does is he constantly refers Moses back to who he, God, is. And I believe that he did that on purpose. See, our identity should solely be found in him. If you place your identity in anything else, it will one day fade away. And then what? That would be, that would be like me and God has you know, gifted me in the area of music that um, I, can, I can sing on tune, I can sing in pitch, I can sing harmony, um, and I can speak. But it would be like if I put my identity in all of those things, if I put all of my time and my energy in that and I was fueled by the applause of man and I was fueled by the accolades of, of, of people and that's where I, I found my identity in and then one day I, I go to the doctor and I get a horrible report and now I have to have surgery on my vocal cords and they need to be removed. How many of you know that you need vocal cords to speak or sing? right? So if I put my identity in all that and now it's taken away, now what? Now what? If your identity all your life was wrapped up in the thing you did instead of the person that gave you the gifts to do the thing you did, you'll be left empty and lost. You'll be left with feelings of, I have no purpose and there's no meaning to my life. Now, you and I are human, right? right? We're all humans. We're human. So of course, if something tragic like that happened, we would go through a mourning process. We'd be disappointed and probably pretty angry at God. But if my identity, listen to me, if my identity is in him alone, I know that he still has a purpose and a destiny for me. It just may look different now. And at some point, if I have placed my identity in him, I will come to that conclusion. I'll come to that conclusion. It, it, it may be right away. Um, I'm probably pretty confident in myself that, it, that if that truly happened to me, it probably wouldn't happen right away. But there's a process that we go to. And some of you are maybe here today or maybe you're watching online and you're in that place right now where something tragic has happened to you and, and you sort of feel stuck. And I feel like the Lord wants to say, it's, you're not stuck, but it's okay to be there for a season. It's okay to be there for a season. But know that that is not where he has for you for, from now until eternity, that he's gonna pull you up out of that situation and he's going to bring hope. Now, we live in a sinful, fallen world, and because that there is disappointment, tragedies, imperfections all around us, and as I said, if you're stuck in a place where that is right now, where things don't look like they did or you thought they were supposed to, choose hope today. Don't give up, because God hasn't, and he never will. He's steadfast, never changing. He's trustworthy, victorious. Nothing shakes or moves him. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose and he hasn't deviated from it. You've got to know that. He hasn't deviated from it. But because we live in a sinful world and things happen, doesn't mean that his destiny and his purpose for you has necessarily completely changed. It just may, you may have a different vehicle now 
if that makes sense, to, to um, uh, walk out that purpose and that destiny. Um, another thing is if we'll chase after him, if we'll search for him alone, we'll find him, we'll find ourselves and every purpose he's ever had for us, and we will find a relationship with him that will satisfy every longing in our heart. If we continually place our purpose, our destiny, our identity in the eternal, which is God, we will never come up empty or lost. So how do I keep my true identity in check and stay focused on my destiny? Well, I'm gonna give you three things this morning. Now, there's probably a lot more that we, could, um, that we could say that we could do, but we're only gonna talk about three things this morning. And the first one is, remember that your past doesn't define you, only God can. Yeah. Only God can define you. Remember the Second Corinthians passage we read earlier. Now, if anyone is enfolded with, into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. See, if you're enfolded, or another translation just simply says, in Christ, you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, been born again, you are a new creation. Your identity is now in Him. When my identity is in Him, this is something that I know I will keep coming back to Him for everything that I need. If my identity is completely in Him, I no longer will go back to the former things that I once did or once knew. There may be a time where I do that because there's got to be some working out of our salvation, right? So I'm not saying that all of a sudden you accept Christ and now everything is perfect. You don't have any more bad habits. You know, you, you are just walking uh, like the angels sing every time that you walk into the room. You know, you've got this, this glory cloud all around. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. Because we've got to work out our salvation, there are things that are ingrained in us that we have to tear down those lies and we've got to replace them with truth, right? But when my identity is truly in him, I will get to the place, when my identity is truly in him, I want to run to him always, I got to sit with him, I got to get into his word, I got to hear his voice, I got to worship him. When my identity is found truly in him, he's all that I want to seek. He's all that I want to seek. So that's what I'm trying to say is that when we get into that place, then I'm no longer am going back to the former things. When something of the former comes up, I run to him. And we tear down that lie together and then we replace it with truth. Does that make sense? Okay. Now, number two, We've got we've to do this. Don't focus on what people have said. Focus on what God has said. See, negative words have been spoken over many of us, and we've held on to them for far too long. It's time to replace what people have said about us with what God has said about us. Now, you may not even know what God says about you. And there's a woman in the Bible that didn't know either. She thought her identity was the woman with the issue of blood. And we, we don't even really know her name. Not really, we don't. Because this is the name people gave her. This is the identity people gave her. But did you know that Jesus never called her that? He never called her the woman with the issue of blood. He actually called her daughter. And he valued her enough to make sure her identity was restored, even though he had already healed her of her physical issue. 
He wanted to make sure she left that day knowing her true identity. And I believe he wants you to know what your true identity is before you leave today. Now we've, as I said before, you may not know, you may not know what God says about you. And you may be sitting here and going, um, Andrew, that's all well and good, but I don't even know where to start in the Bible. I don't even know where to find what God says about me. Like, do I just start at the beginning and just, just read until I run into something? And, you know, um, how do I do that? Well, I want to give you a tool today. And you probably saw them when you, were, when you walked in this morning. And it's a brochure out on a table out in the foyer um, that I want you to pick up on your way out. And there will be um, these brochures at every single exit door. You don't have to go out the, the front doors to get it. At every single exit door, there will be one of these brochures. And it's called What God Says About You. And it is literally one, two, three, four of these pages filled with what God says about you and the scripture reference to that. Because I don't want you to walk away today of just hearing what I've said that God said about you or, you know, what a pastor has said that God says about you or a friend or mom and dad. I want you to hear it, read it, speak it from the word of God. There's things in here like I have a power. See, there's where my 40-year-old eyes are going. I don't have my glasses. I have a power source within me which is able to do beyond all that I ask or think. And that's found in Ephesians 3.20. I belong to God. You'll find that John 17, 9. I am holy and blameless before him. Some of you don't feel holy or blameless this morning, but that's what God says about you. And you'll find that in Ephesians 1. So make sure that you pick this up on your way out because you've got to replace the lies. It's time. It's time to stop walking in the lies that the enemy has. He's used people to speak lies over you. And maybe he's just used his own self to whisper those lies at night when you lay in bed. But it's time. It's time to pick up the word of God and replace those lies with truth so that you can walk in the destiny that he has for you. And that brings me to number three. And that's stop negative self-talk and start saying what God says. See, people can speak lies over you and they can stick. But honestly, for me, it's probably more or has been throughout my journey, probably more of the negative self-talk that has done the most damage, to be honest. Because the bad stuff is easier to believe, right? It's easier to believe. In Exodus 4, it says, But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. And then the Lord asks Moses a question, or a series of questions. Like, I hear what you're saying, Moses, but it's like that, but God. Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or don't speak? Hear or do not hear, see or do not see. Is it not I, the Lord? 
See, we have to stop speaking negatively and start speaking God's truth. We've got to stop focusing on whether or not we have the actual ability to do something because if God has called you to it, you better believe he's going to make it happen. It's not going to be you. It's going to be him that makes it happen. I mean, look in scripture, he made a donkey speak. Have you ever heard a donkey speak? I don't mean the noise they make. I mean like having a, a full on out conversation, which by the way, have you ever thought about this in Genesis when um, Eve and the, the serpent comes to her and speaks like she doesn't, she's not bothered by it. Have you ever thought about that? Like did animals speak? It's a thought. I'm just saying, dig into the word. I mean, it's like amazing the things that you'll read in there, right? Now, <laughs> you laughing at me? <laughs> I'm serious. I think of weird things sometimes though. So maybe I should have prefaced it with that. All the people that know me over here in this section are like, yeah, no. But, um, you know, I have to pick on my husband because I'll get in the least amount of trouble with him. I was going to pick on someone else, but that probably wouldn't have been a good idea. But my husband, who is an amazing husband, who God has gifted him in so many areas. However, he has not gifted him in the area of music. Okay? Those of you who know him, like we don't, Hannah, we don't even let him clap, right? We don't let him clap because he claps off beat. And he, I'm like, really, dude, two and four. One, two, three, four. One, two. Maybe some of you are like that too, and it's okay. God just didn't gift you in that area. But if God spoke to you and said, I want you to go up there and I want you to pick up that, I want you to pick up Matt's guitar. I know Matt said in between services, don't you dare touch his guitar. <laughs> but if he spoke to you and said, son, I want you to go up there and I want you to pick up that guitar and I want you to play it. You better believe because if God said it, if he were to go up there and pick up that guitar and put that guitar on his neck and began to play, that God would play through him. And do you know why? Because God gets the glory for all things. If, if, if God told Matt to go up there, well, we would expect that something beautiful is getting ready to come out of those speakers because God has gifted Matt in that area of music. He's gifted him to where he puts his hands to those strings and God plays through him. And there's, there's natural talent and ability there. But I just got to tell you right here, Matt, that it's not just you. It is God. It's the Holy Spirit within you that when you yield yourself to him, every time you get up on that stage, you speak. You may not have a microphone and may not singing or speaking, but you are speaking through your guitar. And I want you to know that. Don't don't ever stop, Matt. Don't ever stop. Don't ever stop. God has gifted you so much, Matt, and there are so many things that are inside of you that have yet to come out to the surface, and I cannot wait to see them because I know that they're in there. I know that they're in there. But if, if, if God were to tell Vance to do that, he would get the glory for it, right? Because we wouldn't expect uh, especially me and the people who know him, because I'd be like, what in the world just happened? Okay, that was God. Hello? That was God. Because he wanted to, in that moment, if that happened, he wanted to display his glory and his power. Amen? <laughs> Listen, if it was all up to you and I, nothing would ever get accomplished 
or at the very least, it's not going to get accomplished correctly or for the right reasons. What we need to grab hold of and confess and declare is if 2 Corinthians 5.17 has happened in your life, if I've given my life to Christ, if I've confessed that he is Lord, if I've accepted his free Yes, I said free, free gift of salvation. I have been born again into a new identity and now I am made new. I am now a son or a daughter. You are now a son or a daughter. If that has happened, we are now sons and daughters of the most high and we have been adopted into the family of God the Father, a co-heir with Christ And because of Jesus and what he accomplished on the cross, my birthright and your birthright, or we could say our rebirthright from our heavenly father is access to him, his power, and to his entire kingdom. That is who you are today. That is who you are. But as Jennifer said in the, um, when we were in worship, How sad would that be? And I believe that this is happening all over the body of Christ. That we don't realize, we don't don't realize truly who we are. And as I said, when you get that revelation, like when we were singing that song and my stance got wider and my shoulders were back, yes, that's who I am. Simply because of who he is. And I didn't have to do anything for it. Just to be his daughter. Now, our individual destinies will lead us to many different doors. And you won't necessarily walk through the same ones that I do and vice versa. But there are two doors that I am certain each of us will face. And that's the door of identity. Now, I said two because one of them is a pseudo door. It's an illusion and it's a lie. And if we don't walk away from the pseudo door, every other door we walk through in our life will never lead us to our true identity. See, there's really only one true door and it's not a door, it's the door. And that is Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you that from the very start today that you have given us a picture of who we are and of who you are and who we are in you. Father, I know that today that my job was just to present truth, to just present your word and that you would do all the rest of the work. And I'm believing and trusting you that that's exactly what you've done today. Maybe you're here today and you find yourself in a category where maybe you thought who you were, but then through today's teaching, you realize you, you never really knew who you were. Or maybe you had forgotten who you were. And if that's you, would you just very boldly just raise your hand in honesty that maybe you forgot who you were and that you're not walking in the fullness. Thank you for being, I'm raising my hand too, because I know that there are areas and in the deepest uh, recesses of my heart that maybe I haven't surrendered and maybe you're there too, that you haven't surrendered things to him. But today, Father, for those of us that have raised our hands in that area, God, we, we recommit to you. We re-surrender to you. We re-surrender to the identity that you have given us. God, forgive us. Forgive us of walking in any other 
kind of identity other than in the identity of who you are, who your son is, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, teach us going forward what it truly means to be a son and a daughter of God Most High. Father, help us to get your truth into our hearts, that we would not just have a head knowledge of who you are and who we are, but we would have an experience and an encounter with you, that it would get deep on the inside of our hearts, that we couldn't walk in anything less than in your power. Now, you might be here today and you've never accepted the free gift of salvation. So you're living in that door, that pseudo door of identity. But that's not your true identity. Maybe you're watching online and you thought that your identity was that you just never were going to have peace, that there was just always going to be chaos around you, that you would never amount to anything because that's what you've been told all of your life. Or maybe that you would never achieve anything. Maybe, maybe there's someone watching online that you would really like to have a home, but you figured that this is just your lot in life, that you'd never even own a home. Can I tell you that your Father in heaven owns all things, and you are a co-heir with the Son, Jesus Christ. So maybe if that's you here today that you have never in the house or watching online, and you've never accepted that free gift of salvation. You've, you've never um, walked away from that pseudo door and walked into the true door, the door through Jesus to get to the Father, to be re, rejoined to him. Would you just boldly raise your hand right now? I want so much for you to walk in freedom and not walk in bondage, not walk in chains of the lies of the enemy. It's the greatest decision of your life that you would ever make. Don't let the enemy tell you that what are, gonna peop what are, what are people going to think? I've been in church for 40 years. Don't be concerned with that right now. Be concerned with the drawing of your father. And if that's you today, just raise your hand. If that's you watching online today, maybe just drop an emoji down in the comments. Put your put your, uh, your emoji with your hand up that, yeah, I want to I wanna accept that free gift today. Let's all pray this prayer together. Father God, I accept you. I accept your free gift of salvation. And I believe that you sent your son Jesus to the cross for me to take away my sin I believe that he died and rose again to give me new life, to give me a new identity, to give me a new destiny. And as best as I know how, I'm gonna walk in that new identity with your help. Father, I thank you that it's not, it's not mere words that, that gets us to heaven. Father, it's a, it's a heart transformation. Father, I thank you that you have given us the free gift of salvation, that there are people today here and online that have accepted you and that they have now moved into their new identity and their new destiny in you, a son, a daughter of God. And nothing and no one can ever take away that identity, God. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. 
We have a stamp of approval on us from you, God. And we are so thankful for what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Well, let's celebrate this morning who God is and what he has done. It's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in your life. We would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps might be, visit thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.